This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9. Good morning. It's 7.06 a.m. on Tuesday, the 21st of November. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning and Keith Kam. Now, in half an hour, we're going to discuss the future prospects for Argentina as libertarian economist Javier Millet takes on the reins of president following elections on Sunday. But in the meantime, let's kickstart the morning with a look at how global markets closed overnight. It looked like a bit of a mini rally, I guess, on Wall Street. Uh, tech, tech stocks led gains yesterday. The Dow closed 0.6% higher. The S&P 500 was up 0.7%. The Nasdaq was up 1.1%. Not so much the same in Asia. The Nikkei closed 0.6% lower yesterday. Hang Seng was up 1.9%. Shanghai's Composite Index was up 0.5%. Singapore's STI was down 0.4%. And back home, Bursa Malaysia's FBM KLCI was down 0.3% at 1,457. Points. All right. For more insights on what's moving international markets, we have on the line with us Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management. Joe, good morning. Thanksgiving holidays this week will make this a short trading week for U.S. financial markets. What direction do you expect equities and fixed incomes to move in as a result? Well, I think, um, you know, Thanksgiving's come around the corner, but it really feels like the Santa Claus rally. <laughs> the, uh, so we're seeing a lot of optimism, uh, more positive optimism around the economy, the earnings that just closed out the season. Oil prices have come down. So there's a, there's a mood of confidence heading into the year end. It could be seasonal. We always get the Santa rally. Um, but nevertheless, there's a lot more money flowing out of bonds and money markets and flowing into equities. Uh, Joe, even though the prospects of a Fed uh, hike this December might have diminished, home buyers still have to contend with higher rates compared to to historical. Can borrowers absorb these current levels, or will they start seeing signs of mortgage stress? We're seeing some stress in the mortgage market, and I really think you know the housing market has been just flatlined all year. So, actually, the the thirty year fixed mortgage close to eight percent. It's come down a bit. Banks are becoming more flexible. So there's there's the underlying demand just given the household formation. So the housing market is showing some signs of life. Yes, we need interest rates to come down further. But the fact that they're not going up higher from more of the, le- the peaks that we saw, that's positive news for credit-sensitive industries in general. What do you think about treasuries at this moment, Joe? There was a really large auction sale on Monday, and I think there was give it, they, the market had to give, well, at least the government had to give quite a large premium to get it going. Are you a buyer of, of uh, bonds at this juncture? I mean, we, we are. We like treasuries, mm. but shorter durations, like two, five-year, maybe the 10-year, we think they can rally here as disinflation. We're starting to see some disinflation come through. We think the Fed is done raising rates, uh, but maybe not 30-year. That's too far out. And money markets are still giving you 5%. So it's very interesting. If you have cash and you're looking outside of equities, there's a lot of options, a lot of opportunities, whether it's the, you know, the credit markets, money markets, along the treasury curve. This is a new environment for a lot of investors, and it's positive. It gives you more of that diversification. Okay, so but in the longer term, what does this then mean for equities? I mean, the S&P 500, 4,547. We're back to the all-time high. Would you, <laughs> are you ex- Always buy it. Just buy the do. Dips. Buy the dips. <laughs> no, 
It's a great question because uh, the clients are asking the same thing. What about equities? Well, we always remind them that, you know, if you go back to 1945, the S&P 500 total annual average compounded returns, 11% plus. Yeah, it's 11% plus. So buy equities on these pullbacks, maybe mm-hmm. not at these all-time highs. but So whenever we get like a 5 8 10% drawdown on the S&P 500 in general, we're buyers. So, so it does. We do have to remind investors now. Long term, it's really about equity generating wealth. And one more question for me, Joe. What about this sixty forty balance portfolio, which was terrible in twenty twenty two? Is twenty twenty three twenty twenty four the year for it? Is it back? If every asset class is I mean, going to increase. I don't know if it's sixty forty. It really depends on you know your income levels, your risk tolerance your age. I mean, it's all of the above, but you know, it's nice to have alternatives other than just equities. I mean, when interest rates are negative or suppressed, um, there's no opportunities in fixed income cash. It was all equities and it was the only game in town, so to speak. Now a serious investor or even like a household, you have opportunities. So whether it's 60, 40, 70, 30, you really need to think about giving that diversification, having some ballast you know, we got the U.S. election next year. That's all I hear from our clients. They're still holding on to fixed income and cash because of that, mm-hmm. the volatility. Mm-hmm. And while we're speaking about government, I mean, last week, the U.S. Uh, House averted another government shutdown. But this only buys time until early next year. What is going to happen then? And why hasn't Congress been able to come up with a solution that offers more stability for markets? Well, the, I mean, the, the latter question will, will, will you be asking me the same thing in January? How, <laughs> why can't they come up with us? I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. Um, they kicked the can down the road, but that's what the markets wanted. Um, we'll see how it plays out. So, I mean, the government is functioning. It's working. Uh, and, that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was the opposite. The sentiment was building negatively. Now it's positive. So, you know, the, the U.S. government has a lot of work to do because it just printed a huge budget deficit because interest payments are rising. The bond vigilantes are back. So the U.S. government, Congress in particular, has got to be very careful about not annoying the markets because the, the markets will annoy them right back in terms of higher interest costs. And, and Joe, I've, I've noticed that the dollar has given up some of its gains in, in recent days. Uh, conversely, the euro gained nearly 2% against it. Are you Do you attribute this to more uh, euro strength versus dollar weakness? I mean, given the weak growth in Europe as well? You know, I think this is just profit-taking. Uh, honestly, I think it's year-end profit-taking. People, you've been bullish on the dollar, you've been right. And also the fact that, remember, the markets are pricing in that the Fed is going to start to cut rates by, say, June, July of next year. So I think this is front-running some of these Fed rate cuts, which is dollar, you know, it's dollar weakening. That's the scenario that goes with that. So I think it's profit-taking and positioning ahead of the Fed cutting rates next year. But I don't think the dollar is going to lose much strength. I mean, really, there's honestly, there's no not much of an alternative out there in FX land. It's the dollar, euro, yen. They're, 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 the dollar is just supreme still. But we're looking for a weaker dollar next year, but not dramatic. All right, Joe, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead, uh, citing there that equities still a good bet for the long term by the dip, although there isn't a dip now. I think we see uh, a stock market 
kind of all-time highs in some ways, yeah? Yeah, look at the Nasdaq. It's up 37% on a year-to-date basis. S&P 500, 18%. I think this is really driven by the Magnificent 7, especially NVIDIA, up 240%. Uh, NVIDIA is the best performing stock on the S&P 500 this year, and a lot is riding on the results that are going to come out later tonight, US time. We will be covering this tomorrow morning, but we'll also be asking Dan Ives of Wetbush Securities more about that when he gets on a call with us at 7.45, when we talk about everything related to artificial intelligence. So much to talk about there. I'm sure Dan has a lot to say. But in any case, let's take a look at some of the earnings reports that have crossed our table this morning. Zoom, uh, Zoom that we still use, Zoom reported better than expected earnings for the third quarter. Sales increased 3.2% to about 1.14 billion US dollars and profit, excluding some items, was $1.29 a share compared with the estimates of $1.10 a share. So Zoom said it finished the quarter with 6.5 billion US dollars in cash and marketable securities. Zoom has also added features like word processing and stepped up the use of AI to support its main product, which now competes with uh, Microsoft Teams. Enterprise revenue rose 7.5% to $661 million in the quarter, and that's better than what analysts had estimated. And this is from around 219,000 customers who pay them. Around 3,700 clients contribute more than $100,000 in trailing 12-month revenue. This is an increase of almost 14% from the period a year earlier. But guess what? The share price is down on a year-to-date basis, oh, really? 2.5%. I think because everyone kind is forced to go back to work, at least a lot of companies are forcing their staff to go back to work. Bloomberg included a lot of the investment banks gradually. Um, the big one, of course, is uh, Tesla. They are not a believer of working at home. Uh, so at this moment, if you look at the street, right, do they still like this name? Because, of course, it was a pandemic winner. The answer for that at this juncture is no, because there's only nine buys, 26 holes, zero sells. Consensus target price for the stock, 81 US dollars and 57 cents. It was up $1.88 uh, during regular trading hours to 66 US dollars. I think in the mind of the analyst, is that its peak earnings was is behind it, right. not in front of it. You know, so it's going to be very hard to get back what they used to enjoy. You know, when we were all stuck at home. Indeed. Uh, how fortunes fall, I suppose, was one thing to think about. In any case, we do have another uh, stock that's Xiaomi. They posted their first revenue gain in almost two years as device shipments outperformed the wider market. Sales for the third quarter totaled oh, 70.9 billion yuan, exceeding analyst estimates of 70.2 billion yuan. Net income jumped by 183% on year to 6 billion yuan thanks to lower component costs and efficiencies across the business. Now, Xiaomi is China's fifth largest smartphone brand. It shipped 9.1 million devices in China. And that was a little change from a year ago. It also outperformed its peers. It's also looking at electric vehicles. Uh, it's, it's, it's reaffirmed its goal of mass-producing vehicles in the first half of 2024 and signaled continued investment in this segment. And if I look at the, the picture of the, the, the model that they are planning to start production in December in next uh, next month with deliveries to begin in February 2024 it's a beautiful piece of machinery would wow. you buy that is I, that I, your next I, car key? I, well, if an I, EV it really depends on the pricing because some of the leaked figures here were like about uh, 20,000 US dollars Okay, so yeah, it's times 4.5, right? right? And yeah. then, well, okay, let's see. Uh, the stock 
has done very well. It's up 48%. It's listed in Hong Kong. Forward P's, we're looking at 22 times. Now, there's the street like this name. The answer for this is, I think, yes, 29 buys, six holes, two sells. Target price, 17 Hong Kong dollars and 60 cents. It was up 24 cents yesterday to 16 Hong Kong dollars and 80 cents. Um, bear in mind, this is, of course, a good proxy for all things related to China tech. All right, it's 7.18 in the morning. We're going to head into some messages, but we'll come back to look at more of the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.